Hi there, this is John Gallagher from Raven, and you are listening to Metal Mayhem ROC. Turn it louder than hell! Are you ready? Live from the Metal Mayhem Studios in Rochester, New York. We are gold. We are gold. And heard around the world by metalheads just like you. This is Metal Mayhem ROC. Heavy metal music. Your weekly dose of metal music. Interviews, album reviews, news, and more. Want to be part of the show? Send us a message through our website, MetalMayhemROC.com. Or hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. Search Metal Mayhem ROC. It's getting nice and heavy. Now, welcome our hosts, John the Vernomatic Verno and Metal Forever Mark. Good evening, everybody. I'm the Vernomatic, and welcome to this week's show. As usual, Every Thursday, new content drops. We encourage you to go to the MetalMayhemROC.com website. There you'll find direct links to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, whatever source you use to get your podcasting content. While you're there, subscribe to the podcast, leave a review. That kind of stuff helps the bottom line. Show archives are there for download. Sign up for our weekly email list. That's your chance to win free merchandise that we give away that we receive from record companies and publicists. This month, we're giving away a free copy of the Rob Helford book, Confess. Again, just fill out the email list and you'll get in the drawing. We're giving that away next week on the Thursday, January 28th episode. Tonight's episode, interview with the godfathers of thrash, Raven. Band from Newcastle, England, got together in the late 70s. Brothers John and Mark Gallagher put the band together. They gained a lot of notoriety in the early 80s for being part of that new wave of British heavy metal movement. Johnny Z of Megaforce brought them over in the early 80s, and the band became sort of like the big brother to eventual thrash staples like Metallica, Anthrax, Slayer. Well, just like those big bands, they got signed to a big label in the mid-80s, gave it a shot at a big-time label release, sort of strayed away from their formula that made them what they were, and, you know, they sort of didn't get as big as these other bands. Well, they released a new album in 2020. John Gallagher gave gave me a call last week, and we talked about the new album, Metal City. And Metal Mayhem ROC correspondent Southern Kale is here tonight. He's going to give us a review of Metal City, and he's going to fill in the gaps for the last 25 years what the band's been up to. Tonight's show sponsor is Freedom X Hand Sanitizer. Hey, it's a tough world out there. We may be metalheads, but even we need a little extra help. Just wanted to remind everyone, next Monday, January 25th, the live Metal Mayhem ROC radio show debuts 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time on ThatMetalStation.com. Just go to our website for more info or follow us on our Facebook page, and we'll have tons of information there. And coming up in the next couple weeks, Metal Forever Mark has an interview with Vinny Apice of Black Sabbath, Last in Line, Dio fame. Well, they're re-releasing a deluxe box of the Heaven and Hell and Mob Rules package. So that's coming out in uh, March. But Vinny gave us a call and told us what's going on with that. And we also caught up with Brian Wheat of Tesla. He's telling us about his new book, Son of a Milkman, and the stories about Tesla in his 30-plus years in the metal and rock and roll world. 
So a lot of interesting things going on, a lot of exciting things. Let's hear from our sponsor, Freedom X Hand Sanitizer. And then Southern Kale's going to call, give us his review. And then I will have the interview with John Gallagher. So that's what's on the docket tonight. I'm the Vernomatic Metal Mayhem ROC. We'll talk to you after the interview. Attention metalheads, we all want to return to concert venues soon. Introducing Metal Mayhem ROC Metal Forever Freedom X Sanitizer. This sanitizer product is water and foam based, manufactured with proprietary HYIQ solution. That's right, no alcohol, but more effective. Manufactured following FDA sanitizer monograph guidelines. It applies smooth, without irritating the skin. Safe for all ages. Keep your friends and family safe with Metal Mayhem ROC's own sanitizer. Visit Metal Mayhem MROC.com or MetalForever.com to order your bottles now. Use promo code METAL at the Freedom X checkout store for a show discount. Now, now back to Metal Mayhem ROC. Now, direct from a sunny beach in Florida. How is he not hot in all that leather? It's Metal Mayhem ROC correspondent Southern Cal with concert and music reviews, interviews, and more. Let's go ahead and pass the sunscreen. Here's Southern Cal. But just like the radio guy says, live from the beach of Melbourne, Florida, Metal Mayhem ROC correspondent Southern Cal. Hey, Cal, how are things today? Oh, doing good. Everything's great down here, Vern. How about up there? Well, I think winter's really about to start because the winds are picking up. They're calling for snow, and uh, the temperature's dropping. So, Typical Rochester weather. <laughs> well, it is mid-January, and there's no snow, so we're playing with house money now. But uh, welcome back to the show. You're a fan favorite, and you're our source for reviews on some of the older bands that are still putting out some kick-ass material. So what do you got for us this week? Oh, Vern, we got a good one today. Uh, The self-described athletic rock stylings from Raven, their new album, Metal City, just released uh, on Steam Hammer. Ten songs on there, uh, top to bottom, start to finish. What a great classic Raven sounding album. Uh, I got to mention John Gallagher, his voice sounds just like from uh, Rock Until You Drop. Really? It, it, it's just, it, it hasn't waned. You know, some of these guys, they're, they're pushing late 50s, 60s now, and their voices are still good, but not the way they, they were back in the 80s. But I got to tell you, Gallagher's voice is just amazing on this album. So the, the name is Metal City, and when did it come out? It was a 2020 release. Somewhere, I, I believe around October, it was released. All right, cool, cool. So uh, tell us about it. Um, how many tracks you're implying that it's in the vein of some of the early raven which i could uh, which i could see so tell us about it well there's 10 songs on there uh band members include you know mark and john gallagher and they got a new member mike heller is on drums just a tight drummer uh he was uh appeared on the fear factory album genexus in 2015 that was his last recording um i would not say that any of these are standout because they're all stand out. But I will say some of my favorite album songs off of this are the the power, the title track Metal City, uh Motorheading, just uh and another one Top of the Mountain is probably on my top of that mountain actually. That's just a a great song, but just a great album start to finish. They you know, they they ended up signing back in the late 80s with Atlantic Records and 
their sound kind of changed and looked out a little commercial and the fan base kind of disappeared a little bit, but they righted that ship for sure. And, uh, turned things around. So what you're talking about their first Atlantic release, what was that? Stay hard. Stay hard. Yeah. And, um, just such a big departure from, uh, the album before all for one, it was just, uh, night and day kind of difference um, especially when you're younger you're all about your bands and you, you're critiquing them and when you find a band that you like and then all of a sudden that style just kind of takes a, a wicked left turn you know you kind of I, I got turned off to them until they probably I would say until they released Architect of Fear which they they definitely got back into that Raven classic Raven style well, here's a Raven fun fact. That album, Stay Hard, that was recorded in Cortland, New York, right down to Thruway from Rochester. Is that the Ithaca studio? Yeah, yeah. There's been a bunch of bands. I believe Overkill was down there. Um, and as a matter of fact, when we were catching them at the Live at the Inferno tour at the Penny Arcade, I looked over and who's sitting there but Ratskates and Dee Dee Verney checking out Raven who happened to be down in Cortland recording one of their albums. Yeah, well, you know, the Central New York, Western New York metal hub from the it early is. 80s. It's um, Music America. You could go on. Yeah. And so, the Metallica. All right, Vern, real quick, just to mention, um, there is a tour coming up for our international listeners, uh, starting out on February 4th in Stockholm, Sweden, and ending February 23rd in Madrid, Spain. So if you get a chance over there to get out and catch a gig, which all, all of us Americans are dying for, I would get out and catch it if you can. Support your locals. That sounds good. So we're going to take a listen to some of this. I did see the video for Top of the Mountain. Uh, what? What's a track uh, we should kick into this Raven interview with? Oh, I think you should kick right off with the first song, The Power. Kicks your teeth right in, right as the minute you put it on. Great opening track. All right, beautiful. Well, with the suggestion of Southern Kale, this is Raven from the Metal City release. Kale, thanks for stopping in again today, and we're going to send you with a little more heavy metal homework. Go down to your lab Give us another review, and we'll check in with you real soon. All right. Thanks for having me, Vern. No problem, buddy. See ya. You've got it locked to Metal Mayhem ROC. direct from the UK, founding member of Raven, Godfathers of Thrash, John Gallagher. John, welcome to Metal Mayhem ROC. Hey, John, I'm happy to be here. How are you doing? 
doing well. Um, it's an honor to have you on the show, sir. And we look forward to getting down to the nitty gritty of your brand new album from the last fall, Metal City. So uh, give us an insight. What's the history of the uh, of the album? Well, it's, uh, you know, we're really, really happy with the way it's turned out and the, the response has been absolutely amazing. Uh, we did a good record with the last record we did, which is like Extermination, which came out in 2015. And we did a hell of a lot of touring. And a lot of things changed in between there. I mean, our long-time drummer, Joe Haslavander, had to quit. We got this insane lunatic, Mr. Mike Heller, in on drums in 2017, right when we were basically ready to go in and record. And the recording process was uh, stretched out partly due to some uh, hassles all the way down the line, but also uh, an immense amount of touring. I mean, we must have done, when Mike joined, it was like late May 2017. I think we did 150 dates in that six months, which is more touring than we've ever done. And we just kept it up through 2018. Uh, did a short burst of intense touring in 2019 because we were finishing up the record and we're all set to you know, bring it out early in 2020. And these days, you know, it's, uh, you know, our main market's pretty much Europe and we were all set to go out with the tour for it and it wasn't working out with the opening bands and you've got to have a good package. And, you know, they couldn't commit. So we said, eh, let's postpone it till September, whatever. Let's see what we can do. And then literally a week later, the pandemic hit. So, we were kind of lucky in that regard that we'd already, we were planning on bringing the record out, you know, when it, when it came out pretty much. Uh, but no, but uh, I mean, it, initially we'd done drum tracks. Mike did the, the drums at his uh, studio when he was in New York. He's moved to LA now, but in New York. And we actually went in the studio to do the tracking of the bass, guitar and vocals at a studio with a guy and it really didn't work out. We had like major issues with the guy and had to take our toys and go home as it were. And we did a cruise in January, 2008. We did the Monsters of Rock cruise and our old mate, Michael Wagner, you know, the well-known producer who's done us a couple of times before, did Accept and, you know, Docking and, God knows whoever, was on there. And we were talking to him and going, hey, Michael, how would you like to mix our next record? He said, well, absolutely. He says, well, we're going to record it at Mike Heller's studio when he's built it, you know, because he moved to LA and he was building a studio. I said, well, we'll, we'll do it there. Let's keep it all in-house. And then Michael got in touch after the cruise and said, when are you going to have the tracks ready? He said, well, it's probably going to be a few months because he's still building the damn studio. You know, he's up a ladder with sheets of rubber and all this other nonsense. And Mike said, well, I'm going in the hospital for a major procedure and I'd really like you guys to have it soon. So why don't you just come to my studio? So two days later, we ended up in Nashville. <laughs> we loaded up and 
got our got our asses over there and had a great time as usual with Michael. He's the man with you know so much fun and a lot of hard work, but we did all the guitars and the basses and the vocals and the funny noises and all the good stuff and got that all together. And then he mixed it and it wasn't exactly where we wanted it to be. So then we had to go and audition a whole bunch of people to mix it, which took time. But we found this guy, Zeus, who'd done a lot of modern rock stuff. And he really had the right balance between keeping it old school and then having a, a modern production. So, it, you know, it's, it got rid of all the, the fake, the fakery that you'll hear in a lot of modern stuff. Uh, it's, so it's, it's real, it's big, it's fat, and it, it kicks. Man, and we were and just so happy to finally hear it. And then there was a whole deal with getting the artwork together because we wanted we had this great concept with a comic book, which took forever. And we had, you know, we went through artists like tissue paper. It was an insane mindset on some of these people who are graphic artists who seem to want to impose their view on what's going on. It's like, nah, we're paying you. We want it like this. <laughs> yeah. For those not familiar, the the whole art layout of Metal City is a comic book, a throwback to the comic book era with illustrations and um, sort of the 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 way comic books used to be with the credits and whatnot. It's, did you ever, did you? Yeah, it's like, like, like the old DC or the old Marvel thing. So we even got the ad page, which is, you know, the crazy ads. And that's like a thank you list. And there's a piece of art for every song. And it, it just, you know, it, it really pops. It, it came together excellent. And it just, you know, ties the whole thing up with a big barbed wire bow, you know, it's good. Well, circling back to the Michael Wagner involvement. So the band produced the album. You've, you guys yeah. have been handling your own producing the last couple releases. And Mike... actually, somebody asked me that recently. He's like, yeah, the last time we worked with a producer was 1986. <laughs> well, you know, so, so Michael Wagner sort of uh, going from uh, producing to engineering. Did he ever not in a bad way, uh, veer out of his lane and try to not and try to impose some producing or did you double dip? And sort nah, of... I mean, it's, it's, it's basically, you know, Michael, you know, he just says, you guys, all you guys need is a monkey who can hit record yeah, and yeah. stop, you know, <laughs> we, we, we know what we want, but, uh, he's, I mean, he's a great facilitator in getting killer guitar tones, killer bass tones, killer vocal sounds. And he's a great cheerleader and just, you know, come on, try try something else. That's, you know, oh, that sounds killer. And, you know, just creating that, that great atmosphere to make it work. And between the three of us, we're great at pushing each other to get good performances. Well, after 46 years... The band, uh, the band, you know, has it down, but you're always growing. So the addition of the new drummer, uh, Michael Heller, how has Michael's addition to the lineup, has it given you and your brother, uh, Mark Gallagher, a little jolt? Or has it, you know, directed the band into the future? Well, it's given us a jolt, and it's it's definitely 
where we wanted things to be. I mean, you know, Joe was winding down. He really didn't want to be doing it anymore. He was fed up with being out on the road. So getting a shot of adrenaline from a younger guy is never a bad thing with that, you know. And like you said, Mike's been playing in a lot of uh, death metal and, you know, Fear Factory, you know, all this uh, more, like you say, modern stuff, which is uh, definitely not our wheelhouse at all. However, uh, you know, he's a great player and he's, he's played more than that as far as styles of music. I mean, he was even doing some country sessions last year. You know, so he's he's he's, he's broad in his palette with that. And it's great just bringing new blood and bringing new things into some of the songs because, you know, he really wasn't that familiar with a lot of our stuff, but he, he'd seen us on one of the cruises and was blown away. And really liked the early stuff and, you know, loved the stuff that Rob, you know, Wacko Hunter was doing with, uh, you know, a lot of musical drumming and he's totally into that stuff. So to to take that and supercharge it has been amazing. He's got phenomenal technique and stamina. So we were like, "Eh, you know, any of the songs, we can pull them out of our heart and let's do them and rev them up and do them the way they're supposed to be. Well, now you mentioned what isn't in Raven's wheelhouse, but what is in your wheelhouse, and I find on Metal City, is the great hooks and melodies that's a Raven staple. And, John, the production is fabulous. It's it's current, but it, it still lends itself to the old way. And the total it, there's a total live feel to it. When you yeah, go- I mean, it's, it's really got that, and that's, that's attitude. You know, that, that's real attitude from the three of us putting it out there. But, but like you said, it's got to come from the songs. The, the songs are really strong. We had a lot of songs written for this album, maybe 35, 40 songs. And it was great to be able to go, okay, which of these would be a great opener? This one, this one, and this one. Well, I like this one. Okay, we're going to go with the power. And where would we go from that? Well, we're going to kick it up even more. Uh, you know, Top of the Mountain, that's the great fast song. And it really harkens back to the early albums. That 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 was a touchstone song to the point where we've been playing it live for the last couple of years. You know, here's a new song. You guys want to hear a new song? And you get an instant reaction from the crowd for something they've never heard. It gets the second chorus. They're all fists in the air singing along. So, you know, we knew we were on a winner with that. And we were able to go through the album and, you know, we wanted a 10 song album. We didn't want it too long. We wanted a summit where you could, you know, get your head around it, get your arms around it, listen to it, put it on again. Yeah. I was going to say the the sequencing's fabulous. It's almost one of those, what you just said, just push play, finish it and flip it and do it again. Like the old school times. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of thought goes into that. Definitely. And, and, and it makes a difference. I mean, we've had one or two albums in the past where there was a slight problem with the sequencing and it, it really derails the, the whole thing, you know? It, it's, it gets really annoying with that. So you really want to make it flow and tell a story. And, you know, you don't want to have, uh, you know, like some dark 
miserable song, <laughs> like second or something like that. You know, it just worked. Here's a question I have for you. Seeing that Mike is new to the band and, you know, it's only been a couple of years. There's some other acts in rock and roll and metal that have brothers working, like obviously Eddie and Alex Van Halen. In Hyrax, you have Stephen Lance uh, Harrison. And even Armored Saint, you have the Sandoval brothers. Did Mike ever make a comment to you guys like, whoa, you guys have this uh, sibling brother thing going on that I've never experienced and it's amazing. You know, it's just a connection that because you are brothers. He ever comment on anything like that? Yeah, in in the sense that we, we knew instantly. I mean, the funny thing was the first time we played together, uh, you know, Joe had, had his heart attack. And in, in two days we had a string of dates. It was going to be four dates in the States. And then we were going to fly to Sweden, do a festival and hang out for two days in Brussels and then do an 11 date European tour. And we're like, how the hell are we going to do this? And one by one, we filled in the slots. We got a guy from Chicago to do the first dates. Then we flew to Jersey and met Mike and Mike did the next three. And we talked for half an hour and then we got up and played the gig. No rehearsal, no nothing. And it was brilliant. And we were looking at each other, laughing, going, "This guy's freaking outrageous!" What you know? And he he got into it. We were improvising, and there was that connection instantly, which is you know hard to slot in because, like you say, me and my brother, or you know, tied at the hip. We've been playing since day one, you know. Yeah, yeah. But Mike was right in there, and there's that that uh, connection between the bass and drums where we've got that ASP thing going on and the ASP thing between the guitar and the drums, which in metal is super important. I mean, like you were mentioning Alex and Eddie, I mean, you know, but those guys were, you know, sharing the brain. (laughs) And we've got the... We've got the the three-piece ASP thing going on with that, which is, you know, it it has to, because this is you know, it's the blueprint for the band is to be able to turn on a dime, stop, start another song, invent stuff, jam, improvise, the whole deal, you know? We're talking with John Gallagher from Raven. New album, Metal City, came out last fall. John, let's touch on some of the limited touring you were doing for Metal City before the shutdown. Now, you mentioned in the last, uh, since the... Uh, extermination tour you guys were basically doing gigs every day you're over touring and you're getting really getting you you know your road dogs so what happened yeah we we were kicking it down with that and we were touring obviously in between you know recording uh and then touring in between the mixing of this getting it together uh we did, oh, what did we do? We After we did those dates with Mike, we did a bunch of festivals in Europe, and then we did like a 30, 40-date US tour, and then we did a 70-date uh, European tour, where we did probably 45, 50 dates with Udo, the you know original singer from Access, yeah, his yeah. solo thing. And they had so many days off that we added like another 20, 25 dates of our own in between. Whenever they had a day off, we just 
went off and did a club show. So, and we did the new wave of British heavy metal festival. We actually headlined that in Sheffield in England, uh, December, 2017. And then 2018, we, did the whole lot again and more festivals uh, floating around it and lots of places for the first time. I mean, last year we were in Japan, China for the first time, probably the last time in all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The one and done in 2021. Don't blame us. Yeah. Uh, and then we went and did a, a, a killer string of dates where we did uh, Mexico, Costa Rica, Ecuador, Argentina, Brazil, Chile, all this stuff in South America, jetted over to do the Alcatraz. Actually, it was the Grasspop Festival in, in Brussels, Belgium. Did a couple of German club shows and then flew over to Australia. Did a string of shows in Australia with Tank and Girls School, which was awesome. And then we did uh, Barcelona Rockfest in Spain, came back and did that. And then we uh, collapsed. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> that was like 30 days in like 31 days or something. It was crazy. Now, I see on the website you do have dates set up for February 2021. Are those uh, still a go? Or yeah, they- they're going to almost 99.999% going to be uh, postponed. Yeah. They're going to try and kick it back to May or June, and we'll see how it goes, of course. Uh, you know, thank God they've got vaccines, so, you know, let's let's uh, see how it goes down the line. All we can do is uh, plan, put it out there, and if it comes off, brilliant. And if it doesn't, we just got to wait a little longer. Let me ask you something, though. It's 2021 now. Are you gaining new fans? Has this whole social media business model helped you, hurt you, or it's just the way it is? Are you seeing new younger ki- kids at the shows? Oh, absolutely. It's like three generations of people. It, you know, it's it's really like you've got the, you know, the original fans from the early 80s, their kids, and now their kids. I mean, we play like South America, and I swear there's nobody above the age of 30. It's crazy. And they know everything. They're so knowledgeable. Uh, but but in the States, like in Europe too, it's like this three generations. You've got the, the young kids who are totally into it. And, you know, the uh, the proud parents and grandparents who are, you know, it's like a family thing. You see these people, an entire family going to a festival and having the time of their lives, you know? So that that's that's awesome. And it's uh you know, it's it it's just you know, and we've had the opportunity, like you say, since then to to not just preach to the converted, to play to audiences that might not know who we are. I mean we did the uh, like I said, that Udo thing. We played Europe a lot, but we played a lot of places we'd never played before. Like Poland, uh the you know, Czech Republic, Slovakia, the Baltics, you know, Estonia, Lithuania, and in Scandinavia, places where we'd maybe played one gig, one one-off festival or something. So to, to hit those places and, you know, it's a brand new audience and getting a great reaction. And then going back in 2018 when we opened for Saxon, uh, you know, you could see the difference. 
before was a bunch of people going, oh yeah, who are these guys? You know, because believe it or not, you know, we've been, we've been, we're older than dirt, but people haven't seen us in many cases. So to have you come back and the front lines all there with Raven t-shirts and, you know, going nuts from the get-go, uh, it shows that, you know, uh, the plan is working. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, listen, John, I have a, um, uh, a question from a listener on one of our Twitter feeds. From the Cranker in San Diego, California, he asks, have John elaborate on the Old Bridge Metal Militia from Old Bridge, New Jersey. Uh, What's the story behind that? Behind those guys? Well, they were a a bunch of uh, miscreants and 'er ne'er-do-wells who loved the heavy metal. And believe it or not, they're still out there. I think most these days they do uh, little charitable things here and there. But a great bunch of guys, and actually a couple of them ended up as roadies on the Killamore for One tour when we went out and had Metallica wrote up for us. Bulldozer, Bob, and Reb were on the entire tour until they actually got fired three through. <laughs> well, well, back, back in those days, uh, Johnny Z from Megaforce, he brought you guys over to the States. He had a lot of faith in Raven, and he was the one that, you know, got you going here. And then the whole Megaforce with the Anthrax and the Metallica. So what can you, what's your comment about the early days with Johnny Z and Megaforce? How were those days? Well, I mean, obviously, uh, he's the one that's put his money where his mouth was and brought us over. I mean, we were selling very well on import, and he had a, a, a metal store in New Jersey and saw all the records being sold. And he said, I want to put a show on or a few shows, and let's bring these guys over. So we were at, uh, over at Neat Records in Newcastle, kind of where I am now, about 10 miles away from here. And, you know, there's this guy in New, uh, New Jersey who says he's got the biggest import store on the eastern seaboard and he wants to bring you guys over. I'm like, uh, yeah, where do we sign you? Know? Yeah. <laughs> and we came over and it was... Uh, Mental. I mean, the first show was the Halloween Headbangers Ball in Staten Island. Uh, we played, Anvil played, and Riot played, and it was like 3,500 people going apeshit, <laughs> basically. And we just said, this is, you know, we want more. Well, let's come back next year and do a full headline tour, which we did. And they said, oh, we got this young band uh, out of California called Metallica. They want to open for you. What do they sound like? I heard the tape. I'm like, is this the right speed? Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm going, yep, these guys will do. And there we were. You know, bands and crew, 17 people in a six-birth Winnebago taking on the world. And it worked. <laughs> Up here in Rochester, New York, we have a rich metal history. And we have ties to that whole uh, mega force Metallica you know, the Metallica guys came up here to record Kill 'em All. And can you. That's right, yeah. Yeah. Can you recollect? I know it was a long time ago, but when the Kill 'em All for One tour, when you made it back to Rochester in August of 1983, did the guys in Metallica ever say, oh, yeah, we spent six weeks here recording the album, or was it not, it wasn't mentioned or anything? 
Yeah, they did mention it, and apparently the place was haunted. And <laughs> I think Lars had, uh, had to change his underwear once or twice when he was doing the drum stuff. <laughs> yeah, we are. Uh... Slightly scared. Uh, yeah, they were. I, I remember them being still being upset about the mix because I don't think they were allowed in the room when the guy did the mix because they were being too annoying. And, you know, I'd say, well, you got to complain about it. It sounds good. Well, the, uh, <laughs> the guy did a good job. So The, the um, exciting thing about that, this fall I did a, um, a show, an episode with the second engineer that worked on that album. Andrew uh-huh. Andrew Wablowski and he, he you know first time ever that he really he still lives here in town and so he pre, he provided never before seen pictures of that whole session and all these stories and you know he it, it's great because he tells the story of how symbols were spinning for no reason and Andrew yep. Andrew actually had to sit in that room with Lars while Lars yep. did that drum because Lars was you know, there there was shit going on. So, so was, he, he was freaking out. I, I, we did hear that. Yeah, we did hear that indeed. But we've always had a uh, always had a good time playing in Rochester. Uh, what was the name of the club on the on right by the lake? Oh, the Penny Arcade. Penny Arcade. We played there many times. I, I remember we played there in eighty. Five or something, and I kicked the drum riser and nearly broke my foot. I remember. <laughs> yeah, well, that that's part of the uh, the whole metal scene we have down here. The Penny Arcade was down at the lake near Charlotte Lake, and right up the street was the biggest metal store, Lakeshore Record Exchange. You know, we got pictures on our website of you guys doing an in store there. Doing an in store there, that's right, and then you got the. It's in the House of Music, a great musical instrument. Uh, house, house of Guitars. House of Guitars, there you go. Yeah, yeah you yeah, know. It's famous, definitely. Yeah. So, the, you know, the, the, like I said, the, the metal up here is, uh, we have a rich history. We take our metal seriously. And, you know, we were there at the beginning. It's like, um, we, we, were, uh, we were talking with uh, Caton from Hyrax a couple, about a month and a half ago. And he even mentioned, he goes, you know, you guys, you know, the, Rochester was known. It, they were big in the tape trading industry because, you yeah. know, back in those... Well, that was Caton's thing back in the day. He was one of the biggest tape traders around, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but but that's that's how it worked. And, like, uh, Lakeshore Record Exchange, they that was the model back then. It was sort of like old-school social media, how it is now. And Raven... Oh, absolutely. That That's how... Every band. It was between the the tape trading and and the you know the homegrown fanzines. That, that's how you know the word got around. Oh, remember those? But, uh, <laughs> but I mean, we when we were once we came over the states, like in '84, we were living up in geez, Cortland, New York, in a backyard, pretty much. So. You know, we've we've got ties to upstate New York, definitely. <laughs> what were you doing in Cortland? Were were you working with uh, Carl Kennedy? Was the Rods involved? Well, or? we did uh, we did the Stay Hard album in uh, in Ithaca with uh, you know Alex Perialis, Pyramid Studios, and we were living at this house, and we just continued to live at the house because it was cheap, you know. 
So we were up there and we'd, uh, you know, be backwards and forwards up to the airport of Syracuse, flying down to New York or back to England or whatever, you know. We were up there, geez, right through until the end of the 80s, pretty much. That, that's amazing. People don't realize that, that, you know, the central New York hub, like I mentioned, Carl Kennedy and the Rods. Yeah, I mean, Carl and those guys have you know, been friends since day one, since back there, definitely. This leads me to another show segment we do called the Mount Rushmore of Metal. And I'm going to ask you a question. Give me your top four bands that you have toured with, either as support or headliner, and they supported you over the years. Oh, top ten, top four bands we've we've opened for. That would be Judas Priest, uh, Motorhead, White Snake, Saxon. When did you open for Priest? Priest was 1986. We did six dates on the Turbo Tour. And that was uh, our heroes. I mean, you know, I I was the guy that turned the school into listening to Judas Priest in 1976. You know, way back when. So, and they were they were awesome. They were so friendly and open and helpful. Uh, you know, and I mean that that's great when you meet your heroes and they, they really, you know, step up to the, to the plate as it were. So they, they were marvelous. Yeah. And, and in fact, I mean, I've got to say nearly, nearly everyone that you meet in the business is like that. There's, there's very few real idiots, you know, everyone knows who they are and we keep away from them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's, you, you... Uh, you got to respect it. You guys are, you're in a fraternity, you know, you don't do it for 46 years by luck. So, Hey John, is there a metal confession you could share with us? Maybe something that, uh, you know, a fun story or something that you haven't thought about that you're just thinking about right now. Cause I asked you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let me think. Yeah. Well, you were thinking about the, you know, the top four. How about the bottom four? Uh, we opened for Ingve Malmsteen in 1986, and it was the day that Cliff died, uh. funnily enough, uh, which casted down on it. I actually went out and played my bass solo and played Anesthesia halfway through it and said, this is for Cliff, and nobody knew what I was talking about. See, our regular tour manager was tour managing Anthrax. And so we heard way before most people did what had happened. Um, you know, we were numb. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, you know, when you tour with someone like that, it's, you know, you're like blood brothers kind of, it's, it's a weird thing. You know, we didn't know them that well, but well enough. And to have someone so young, just go like that. Oof. Anyway, the show opens for Ingve. And he starts with whatever it is, far beyond the sun or whatever, widdly, widdly, widdly. And his guitar goes off instantly. And he fiddles around and he jumps backstage and we're backstage and he grabs the roadie, who was Ian Ferguson, who did Richie Blackmore's guitars all through Deep Purple and Randall, right? So he grabs the guy by the lapels, lifts him off the ground and he's screaming, make it work, make it work. Wow. So, 
And you thought, wow, he really is as big and as tall as we thought he was. <laughs> so we're doing a reverse Mount Rushmore. So Ingve's at the top of that list. I'll, I'll go. I've got another one for him. Okay, we were played the Foundations Forum in 1994, which was a, a big thing for us because we. We recorded a record. We were trying to get a deal, and it was a great showcase for us. And we did really well. We blew a lot of people's heads off at the show. But there's a, you know, it was in a, a a big hotel in Burbank where they had this convention. You know, so it's all people, you know, glad handing each other and you know making connections and what have you. And bands playing. So there's a dining room, and everyone's in there. And Ingvis there with his girlfriend, who's this like Filipino girl, really pretty. And he stands up and slaps her right in the face. Really? <laughs> and everyone's like, whoa. And we were sitting with these guys in a band called Bale, who were like a punk band, and they all wore hoods. And these guys stood up as one man and said, we're not putting up with this. And they grabbed him, took him out of the parking lot, and beat the shit out of him. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's awesome, man. Yeah, yeah, he's been a dick. I always thought that. I always thought he was a jerk. Yeah, so you know, you you think he's going to mellow out, but I don't know. But let let's admit it, the guy can play guitar. But you know that's not that's not all there is in life, is there? <laughs> no, you know, and you, if you think about it, you ask any metalhead, n- name me two Ingve songs. You know, they're lost for words. So, yeah, Whittle and Whittley. Yeah. So, <laughs> so the website RavenLunatics.com. People can find information. No. Yes, sir. And you can catch me on Facebook at John Gallagher Raven, and also official Raven. We're on there. There's an uh, Instagram page. We're on Twitter as Official Raven. And check it out. I'll, I've been doing bass things for the last 250 days at this point. A new bass little piece every day. One every day. So, you know, go, go see the, yeah, the dark side of the four strings is up on there. About a month or two ago, I saw that Motorhead piece you did with Jimmy over on the Metal Voice. Oh, yeah. And then I um, looked into, you know, I went to your Facebook and I saw that. So now it's, I did, uh, I did highlight. And so I, I've been checking that out. Yeah, we do that. We've got all kinds of odds and ends. And, you know, the the pandemic is a pain in the neck, but we, we are working on Working on plans for 2021—that's for sure. Uh, quick question: How's how's your brother doing? How's he feeling? He's doing great. He's doing great. Uh, you know, at, at some point he's going to have to get a knee operation. Uh, he hurt it real bad when we played Australia. He's jumping up and down off the drum riser and landed on a some electrical box and went over on his ankle, but it hurt his knee really bad. But uh, he's kind of got over that, which is good. We played, I mean, the last date we played was the Monsters of Rock cruise back in late January, early February of last year, 2020. And 
yeah, he was he was fine. We had a, a grand old time pulling out a couple of old songs we'd never played in forever, like uh, Chainsaw we pulled out, which was fun. I had a great, great time doing that. But uh, looking forward to playing the new songs off Metal City, definitely. You know, and that that's a quick point. Um, you as a musician, of course, you got to play, quote, the hits. You know, people want to hear it. But as a consumer, you know, I've been going to shows for 40 plus years. I actually look forward to going to concerts now. And I want to see four or five cuts off the new one. And that's part of our uh, our uh, plan here at Metal Mayhem ROC is to get people, especially the older guys, to, hey, check these guys out. They're still putting out great material. No one says, you, you know, you just have to live like it's 1985 still. Support the, support the stuff. Get out and buy it, yeah, stream definitely it. Definitely get out there. I mean, there's, uh, you know, there's, there's some bands that have been around forever and they're, they're existing on fumes. We're not one of them. Uh, but it's that's one thing that's happened this year. There's been a few bands a lot of older bands brought a great music. So, you know, and we're definitely one of them. <laughs> but uh, that, that, it's, it's a good thing because, uh, you know, like you said, what we're putting out, it's, it's, not, uh, it's not a nostalgia trip. You know, it's got its roots in our roots, obviously, but we're looking forward and we're moving forward. So, you know, it's, it's a... Uh, it's exciting. Very. <laughs> Put it that way. Well, John Gallagher, thank you for uh, stopping in today, and I wish you the best of luck and stay safe this year. Absolutely, you too. And as soon as we get this nonsense out of the way, we shall be touring, and we'll come up to your neck of the woods and annoy the neighbors. <laughs> All right, John, enjoy your day. Thank you, sir. Take care, John. Bye. Attention metalheads, we all want to return to concert venues soon. Introducing Metal Mayhem ROC Metal Forever Freedom X Sanitizer. This sanitizer product is water and foam based, manufactured with proprietary HYIQ solution. That's right, no alcohol, but more effective. Manufactured following FDA sanitizer monograph guidelines. It applies smooth without irritating the skin. Safe for all ages. Keep your friends and family safe with Metal Mayhem ROC's own sanitizer. Visit Metal Mayhem mroc.com or metalforever.com to order your bottles now use promo code metal at the freedom x checkout store for a show discount now now back to metal mayhem roc that's metal royalty folks john gallagher raven they've been around since the beginning and you know if you're not into the band and you're not familiar with them do yourself a favor. Go back and check out some of those first three or four albums. They really are metal thrash royalty. It was a treat to really catch up with them. I want to thank Metal Mayhem ROC correspondent Southern Cal for taking the time and doing the review and calling up and contributing to the show. We're really lucky to have him, and he's an asset to the whole operation. Again, I encourage you to go to the MetalMayhemROC.com website Sign up for the email newsletter list, check out some back shows, download them, subscribe, review. Again, it helps the bottom line. So that's it for tonight. Um, Monday night, the Metal Mayhem ROC radio show debuts on netmetalstation.com. Check it out, interact. There's a chat room. 
my partner, Metal Forever Mark. He'll be in studio next week, and we'll put together a show and catch up on some loose ends and do some house cleaning. But until then, I'm going to leave you with one more song off the Raven Metal City release. This is the track, Top of the Mountain. I'm John the Vernomatic Verno. You've been listening to Metal Mayhem ROC, and we'll talk to you next week.
metal for life. Thanks for listening to Metal Mayhem ROC. Check out our websites at MetalMayhemROC.com and MetalForever.com for information on upcoming concerts, podcasts, archives, and all sorts of info. Please like, follow, and share with everyone, even your non-metal friends. Catch us next time on WLFE-TV Radio. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.